Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning the fourth Aliyah in Parshas Tetzaveh. The topic of our Aliyah is dressing the Kohanim. It is an Aliyah which is 18 Sukkim long, running from Perik Chavtes, Pasuk Aleph to Yud Ches. We've now finished learning about the actual big day kohana, the clothing of the Kohanim Gedolim, and now we move on to Moshe Rabbeinu actually um, using them and putting them to on the Kohanim and getting uh, and and starting the process. So what is interesting about it is the following. So Moshe is told told to do the following: in order to sanctify the Aaron and his children, to serve to to be priests to me, he is told to take a one bull. Um, and two rams, and they are supposed to be ready. They're accompanied with lechem matzos, chalos matzos, b'lulas l'shem rikikem matzos, meshuchim b'shemen. So we they're accompanied, accompanied with all these different types of wafers, which are which come with it, and they are placed in these bark, baskets. And uh, and then Aaron and his children are dressed. So Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to take them to the entrance of the ohel moed, or the tent of meeting. That is the name, or one of the names of the mishkan. They are washed in water. And then Moshe is to dress them. So he dresses Aaron in the um, in these clothing, and he and he puts on the clothing of Aaron and his children. Um, and uh, and we then hear about how the korbanos are brought, the sacrifices. First is brought the the par, which is the 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 the, the bull is brought, and then there is smicha done, which is that they rest their hands on the rosh par. Before it is before just before it's shechted, it's then it is then slaughtered, and we hear about how the blood is taken and the fats and what's done with the the, the burning of done done with the rest of the the carbon itself, and then we hear about the the reason it's burnt is because it is a chattis, a sin offering, and then Aaron and his children do another smicha, another uh, resting their hands on the the aisle on the ram, and it is shechted and it is it is burnt. As a ola, as a as a uh, sacrifice. So this is the aliyah with a few basic points to ponder: is what is the whole this whole process? Why is it necessary? What is going on over here? The Chizkuni explains that this is really showing them the ropes, what it means to be pure, what it means to eat holy meat, what it is to go to the mikveh to purify, to be in such a state, and what the eating of the trimmer. So this is all a practice. The Ramavim explains that in fact this ceremony, which has been described in Araliyah, is not to take place until the actual building of the Mishkan, which is to take place in Nisan. And that is why it is actually overlapping with the descriptions in Parshas Tzav. So the Bible points out that in order to understand this, you need to really read this together with Parshas Tzav, Tzav and Tzav. Obviously the Parshas names are the same, um, but the, the, the two are understood together. In fact, the Ksav HaKabal explains that this whole process is called the Miluim, which is the inauguration. And that word appears in Aliyah, Umileisa Yad Aaron Yad Banov. You'll fill their hands. So it is, it is putting them into their positions. They are now going to be ready to serve. And that is done through the process of Levishas Habagodim, wearing the clothing. So their inauguration is achieved by them actually wearing the clothes as well. Now, why is our only Aaron anointed? So, Shadal Rav Lutzato points out, quoting the Gora in Horias, that there is an interesting notion that when you anoint a king and a Kohen, the next generation does not require re-anointing again. Unless, of course, there was a little bit of a dispute. So, the Gemara goes on to describe various kings whose rule, whose rule was disputed, and that's why 
a new Meshicha um, anointing would have to be done. So, for instance, Yehu and various children of Yoshiyahu Melech, various complicated times where kings needed to be anointed. But, says, says the Shadal, that is probably what's going on over here as well, in that Aaron's children, even though they're alive right now, they're not yet to be born, but they're alive right now, they're not being anointed because they're being inducted and inaugurated is as a function of Aaron's anointing as well. Now, why does it leave out the pants? It's interesting that it says that Moshe Rabbeinu addresses them with the big day corner, but it leaves out the Mech Nasayim. Why is that? So Rav Hirsch says, well, simply just for a, a modest a sake of modesty, he's not going to be dressing his brother and his nephews with their pants. They'll do that themselves. But the Hayyam Ekdavah says it's not just a function of modesty, it's also that the actual very reason for the Mechnasayim is more functional as being modest. And therefore, it is less of a big day corn, it's less of the, 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 these special clothing um, as the, much as it's a necessary garment. The rest are not as necessary, which is therefore why they have a function in of themselves, which is why it describes Moshe Rabbeinu putting them on them. Now, why are they bringing a korban chattas? Why are they bringing a sin offering? Did they sin? Why are they being atoned for? So Rashi says it goes back to the, the atonement of the Chet Egel, the sin of the golden calf, remembering that Rashi understands that the Mishkan is, is, um, in, is commanded after the whole sin of the Chet Egel, which makes a lot of sense as to why this is, this is going, um, and this, the, this would relate to it. But why would Aaron and his sons be, have to take the Chet Egel? The answer is because they're leaders. And leaders take responsibility for their flock, even if they in themselves are not implicated in what it is that their flock are doing. The Bukhar Shar says, perhaps more symbolically, the Khatas, the sin offering, is so that they should enter into this relationship with Hashem in a pristine state. The Ayel, the first ram, is, is as a gift to Hashem, so to speak, coming towards the king and giving a gift. The second Ayel, the Shlomim, is as if, almost as if they're sitting at the table of the king. We know the Shlomim this, uh, is, is uh, taken as a... Uh, um, as, as a korban in which the Mizbech has a portion, the Kohanim have a portion, the people have a portion, so it's just, so to speak, breaking bread, lahavdil, it's almost sitting at the table of Hashem. Now, why are they doing smicha? Why are Aaron and his children putting their hands on these korbanas? So the Ralbag explains very simply that, um, that, that this is in order for them to reconnect. When sin happens, it's the disconnection of people, it's the disconnection of, of individuals from themselves, from their friends, from their family. Usmicha is a very visceral, it's very connected, it's, it's putting our hands united, we're connecting to source. Um, but it's also to elicit tshuva. After all, when a person, as the Ramban says at the beginning of Sefer Vayikra, when a person witnesses a large animal, being shechted, it's a big, it's a pretty, a pretty devastating experience to witness that loss of life happening and the blood flowing in in real life. So a person puts their hands on the korban before, if it's a if it's a korban which relates to sin, to to almost say as if we are the korban, we are that which should be killed over here as well, which deserves that. Rav Hirsch points out that that they themselves are to view themselves like the sacrificial cow. They are now being in, inducted into the service of Hashem. They are like the animal, so to speak, the sacrifice in the house of Hashem. They, their lives are dedicated and sacrificed to Hashem, which is what the symbolism of this is. With this, we conclude. Meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.